The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, I remember looking at myself in the window like it was a mirror, eating these apples, and I said out loud, do not give in and do not raid everything in this kitchen because you're going to regret it. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we're back, Graham. Another episode. 110 episodes. How does wow. that feel? Wow. 110. Next week is 111. Maybe we should then do something we- special for it. The week after that, 112. Just keeps going up. That's how it works. Numbers just so. keep on rising. Generally, that's how, how it works. Owen gave out to me before the podcast for yawning. I did. My, is, is my yawn contagious? Are you starting to yawn then? See, you just have to bring the energy. <laughs> and if you don't bring it, it annoys me. So I'll say it to you. That's it. I apologize. I'm working very hard. I'm telling you, I'm working like a dog, Owen, and you listen. You won't believe. I, I go to work, I do my radio show, and then I go and I'm decorating the house. And myself and Claire, my girlfriend, were moving in um, at the end of April. And I offered to paint the apartment that we're moving into, thinking it would be an easy job, Owen. Have you ever painted before, painted a house? I think I was forced to paint as a child years ago by my parents. (laughs) I tell you, I said to her, it's a one bedroom apartment, so it's not that big. I said, I'll have it done one, two days max. I'm on day seven and I still haven't finished the kitchen, living area and bedroom. Because what I didn't anticipate, Owen, was when you start painting, you have to kind of give the walls and doors and everything two coats. That screwed me over. And I kind of, it's a bit demoralizing when you're painting, you're realizing this looks so rubbish. I'm going to have to come back and paint this again. Like, oh my God. So this is double the time I was anticipating. So painting is hard and skirting boards right at the bottom of the wall. That piece of wood at the bottom of the wall. I did that yesterday. My back is broken. from <laughs> Seven days. What are you painting yeah. with? Like a toothbrush. <laughs> it bloody feels like that. See, because it's a small apartment, it's a lot of little nuts, nooks and crannies. So, oh, so okay. much edging. And then if you put a load of mask and tape, I did not expect this to be a bigger job. I'd say putting mask and tape on the whole thing takes up more time than actually painting. <laughs> the I went in on the first evening just to get it started. I said, I'll do a bit of masking taping now. And 
three hours later, I still wasn't done the living room and kitchen area because you forget you kind of you have to mask and tape everything because you don't want the wall paint to get on the cupboards. You don't want the cupboard paint to get on the wall. So when you take off one mask and tape, you got to reverse it and put it on the other the other um, surface. I tell you, it's a tough job, and I have such a respect for painters now. So I'm any- just going to say to you, I'd say you have a, such a new oh. level of respect for painter decorators. Oh, my days. When I when you see them going around and you go, oh, sure, they just go in and they go out and they paint. No, this is a skill. This is, <laughs> this is such a specific skill. And to do it right, because it's very easy to do it and do it rubbish. But, but they go in and do a good job. Such respect. So if there's any diabetic painter decorators listening... Such a newfound <laughs> yeah. respect for you. I just, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I felt like I needed to explain why I was yawning on. But now I'm, I'm going. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of getting warmed up here, Owen. I'm kind of oh in the mood for a good podcast. I want to hear all about you, Owen. How have you been recently? Oh, where do I start? Come on, where, how have I been? So two things I want to cover. Yeah, over this podcast, right? And I always like being nice and honest on the podcast because. Absolutely. As I always say, as well as you manage your diabetes, there's always going to be days where it's like, oh, things are going badly or weeks are going badly, whatever it is. So currently, this exact moment in time, I'm super, super stressed. Okay. Extremely stressed. Now, I'm not going to go into detail as to why everything's fine. I'm just incredibly stressed about something going on right now. And I have already seen the impact on my blood sugar. So my bloods, I'd say for the last two days, have been just consistently higher. I've kind of been flatlined up at almost seven, eight, nine millimoles, which is higher than I would typically like to be. And the normal ratios that I've been using for my food have just been leading to spikes. And the only thing that I can put that down to is me being more stressed. And as we know, stress can have a significant impact on your blood sugar. If you haven't listened to the stress episode, I highly advise you to because I go into it in a lot more detail. But because it's kind of just like that flat line level of consistent stress, you can see that reflected on my blood sugar. And even today, woke up higher than I'm used to dawn rise higher than i'm used to mm. and i had my breakfast well actually i had a smoothie at about maybe like 12 today and i made sure my bloods were in range like going into that smoothie and i was like right my bloods been pretty stubborn so i'm gonna take that bit more insulin than i think i need to accommodate for the stress that's going on right now, my blood's being that bit more, I suppose, stubborn. So I think the carb count of the smoothie was like 70. Let me just get my watch or my phone. So the carb count was 70. Now, due to COVID, my morning ratio has been about 1 to 19 or 1 to 20. And then my evening is typically like 1 to 30. So what I did today was I was like, you know what? I'll play it safer. I know my bloods are being that bit more stubborn, so I'll take more insulin to accommodate for that stress, right? Yeah. And what happened was I got the carb count, which was 70 grams, and I said, right, I'm going to use a ratio of 1 to 17. Okay. 
right? So I divided 70 by 17. So I was taking four units, which is a lot for me for 70 grams of carbs. Took the four units, regular pre-bolus time, drank the smoothie, like this, the exact same smoothie as I always have. And bloods went up to like 11. Ugh. I needed a two unit correction. So on top of that two unit correction, the total amount of insulin that I took for that meal was six. Going back down to the 70 grams, that's the total carb count. I'm dividing that by the total amount of insulin that I took, which was six. So that means my ratio was one to 11. And I don't think my ratio has ever been one to 11. Now I know other things can affect your blood sugar and I don't want people to think that like I'm not paying attention to other factors that can obviously influence our blood sugar as we know. But for me, because I'm constantly analyzing my bloods and always aware of where they're at, my ratios, my timing, like how I feel physically and emotionally, if that will have an impact on my bloods, the fact that I have been super stressed is so obviously reflected on my blood sugar. And this morning with a ratio of one to 11, that was just crazy for me personally, because my ratio is typically one to 20, one to 30. I'm just looking through our library there of episodes. If you want to go more into detail when we chatted about it, it's episode number 21, how stress affects your blood sugar levels. Because I'm sure listening to you talk there, and I think I'm not speaking out of turn when I say you wouldn't naturally be a very stressed person. You you are essentially your own boss, so you don't have anyone above you who you are kind of reporting to. So you live, um, I'm not going to say a stress-free life because I don't think a lot of people live a stress-free life. But I'm, when you were telling your story there, I was probably envisioning people listening to this who work in a company where they constantly have targets to hit. Maybe they work in sales. Um, maybe they work for a really uh, kind of aggressive boss and going into work is so stressful every single day and they might have anxiety every day going into work. So this is just another element of their life that affects their diabetes. And while you uh, are telling us now about this thing in your life that's causing you stress and spend the last two days, there's some people, and I'm sure people are relating to this so much right now, that have that every single day. And it's so difficult to control because you can't really control the stress in your life at all. And I'm sure no matter how much, because I know you do meditation as well, and I'm sure you're doing meditation to try and calm yourself down. But if it's in your head, it's in your head and it's so hard to get rid of it. Yeah, 100%. And I suppose, like, I personally don't have to deal with the stress of, like, having a boss to answer to or whatever it might be, or young kids or all these different things that anybody listening might have in their life. I, like, I definitely wouldn't describe my life as stress-free. And I know you don't mean that my life is stress-free because the fact that I am my own boss brings its own stresses Absolutely. because I know that if I don't perform then my clients don't do well my business doesn't do well my podcast doesn't do well so there's a different type of stress yeah you know but because I'm used to that and because that stress that to a certain kind of way or to a certain extent I almost enjoy because it's like well that stress means that I'm doing things worthwhile mm-hmm if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 
but at the moment because this is like let's call it a different type of stress or mm. i'm in a different environment in terms of headspace and having to deal with a different challenge let's call it mm-hmm. i'm almost learning as i'm in it how to deal with this stress i, I suppose in one element the stress that is upon you in your own business that's kind of a controllable stress you know if you perform to the best of your abilities things will come out of it however the situation that um, is causing you stress now is out of your control hmm. so i think that's why it's really getting to you <laughs> yeah exactly and i i'm somebody who like without it sounding weird i love to be in control yeah and i love to be on top of everything that i'm doing i love to know that the outcome of something is down to me because then I've no problem doing what's required. But when something is, is is out of your control to that level, it's like, oh, it's a different type of stress. So mm. not that we need to go into detail, but I wanted to touch on it today because I wanted to outline and highlight the impact that stress can have, whether that be you constantly being stressed or constantly feeling anxious, that can have an impact. Or immediate stress where you get bad news or whatever it might be and it's like boom a massive big surge of stress causing a massive spike both can have a significant impact but again i just kind of find it fascinating the impact that it has on your bloods are you using any techniques to try and get the stress under control i mentioned meditation there you're still doing that well yeah i'm still doing it of course um but not really an, anything out of the ordinary. Just kind of rolling with it and just Just kind of, rolling with it. Trying yeah. to not focus on it too much, but just sticking to a normal routine. Yeah. And I suppose what has helped me, not even just this time, but even in the past, dealing with stress and staying on top of bloods is I always feel that when I am stressed from or due to like external factors... The last thing I want to do is have more stress because of my blood sugar. Yeah. And it's difficult because inevitably the more stressed you are, that's going to be reflected on your blood sugar. But what I like to try and do is try and simplify my management when I am stressed. And what I mean by that is if I'm stressed and I'm saying to myself, right, this is just something I have to deal with right now. But the last thing I want to do is be constantly fighting more highs and lows which adds to more stress so what i like to do is simplify my management i.e simplify the food that i'm eating so i know that not that i'm a big low carb advocate but personally it has helped me stick to a relatively lower carb diet when i am stressed because my bloods are already more stubborn and more inclined to spike so if I stick to a lower carb diet that I'm used to, that has helped me. Because if I'm sticking to a lower carb diet, I'm less inclined to see the immediate impact of those spikes. And it's just more beneficial for me. So if somebody is going through a stressful time right now, that may help out too. Try and simplify your management. And it it can be tricky because sometimes people can stress eat which is almost 
like it's a pretty common response to being stressed you reach for food or you reach for snacks or sugary things or whatever it might be and obviously if you're living with type 1 diabetes that's going to have an impact on your blood sugar and then the blood sugar is going to have an impact on how you feel physically and emotionally so for me again easier said than done i like to try and simplify what i'm putting into my body making sure i'm drinking lots of water making sure i'm eating good quality food to help with stress so we've covered stress you're you're in a stressful period of your life how has life been the last couple of weeks because uh, we haven't chatted for a couple of weeks i know i feel like you haven't been on in ages what was the last episode you were on i think i was on we, we had alex last week um because i've got the episodes up here when was i last on i think we did uh or maybe an email um no you're right i haven't been on yeah would Oh, no, I had an email on in 108. I was on 108. The other thing I wanted to touch on was a hypo that I had. Oh, right. And I've okay. spoken about nighttime hypos before. <clears throat> Excuse me, the throat's at me slightly. So, had a bad hypo on a couple of weeks ago. And basically, I was working really late one night. I think I was working till like half one. Because I wanted to get something finished. And it got to that time. And I looked at my CGM and it said I was higher than I would like to be. But because I was tired, probably wasn't thinking as clearly as, as I like to think. I reacted to that too quickly without double checking. Because if ever I have a high or a low from my CGM and I'm thinking, you know what, I don't really feel high or low. I'll always, always, always double check with my blood sugar monitor to make sure I am either high or low. Now, that's only if I'm in doubt. So because it was so late, it was about one, half one in the morning, my CGM was like, Owen, you're higher. It didn't obviously say it, but it said, oh, Owen, you're <laughs> Owen, higher. you're higher. You know? <laughs> yeah. Who was that? <laughs> Customized alarm. It's me, your CGM. Get it together. Um, so it said I was slightly higher. But because it was late, as I said, I wasn't really thinking that clearly. I was like, oh, let me just take a correction. Now, looking back, I was obviously in range. And my CGM just was not giving me as accurate reading as I would have hoped. So because I took a correction and technically I was in range. I ended up going low. Ooh. Now, because it was low or because it was so late and because I was so tired after working for the day I went to bed and fell asleep like that but I woke up about half an hour 45 minutes later super low I think I was like 1.9 so did so you wake up naturally or was there an alarm on your phone that woke, woke up? up naturally thankfully yeah. well my alarm was obviously going off I must not have woken up with the alarm straight away because my alarm would start barking at me at a higher number than 1.9 so 1.9 so that's about 34 35 for anybody who uses uh, milligrams so woke up at 1.9 and i was like oh god i need to need to get <laughs> need to get food in me quick here, come, here comes the bear yeah exactly i was like oh i'm gonna do damage here but 
straight away when I woke up, I was like, right, the priority, the absolute priority is getting my blood sugar up right now. So I had a couple of those glucose drinks. I knew that they were going to get me up. And the second thought I had was, I really, 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 really want to avoid a rebound high. Like yeah. really wanted to avoid that, right? Because the last, one of my most hated things is having a hypo at night. Now I haven't had a bad hypo at all in a very long time, but my most hated thing is waking up with a hypo, treating that hypo with way too much. And then waking up in the morning, your blood's through the roof because you feel like you've been hit by a bus. So I'm saying to myself, right, I've had those glucose drinks. I know my blood sugar is going to go back up. Just keep it together here. Just keep it together and don't go down and raid the kitchen. Please do not do that. <laughs> Come on, Owen, you can do it. I've, and You can I, do it, Owen. I was... <laughs> I think about... <laughs> wait, wait, I tell you. <clears throat> so... <laughs> so I was lying in my bed, like sweating with, with this low blood sugar. I had taken my glucose drink, so I knew I was safe. That's the priority. But I just got up out of bed, went downstairs, and I couldn't <laughs> do I couldn't do anything about it. I actually couldn't do anything about it physically and mentally. My body just took me there. Wow. And like I I would I would say I'm like I'd be good at self-discipline let's say yeah. right but i could not do anything about it my body <laughs> took me there before my mind even knew i was there right? I, I i just have this vision of you walking downstairs <laughs> two o'clock in your boxers your body moving but you're you're talking to yourself no no stop it you're not supposed to be good down your own and then your body's just not listening to you that's exactly what gone. it was like yeah so what happened was i went downstairs and i looked at the fruit ball and this is weird but when i'm low i love eating apples right? And an apple obviously isn't going to do crazy things to your blood sugar. So what I did was I looked at the fruit bowl, had pink lady apples in there. I absolutely love pink lady apples. And I took two of them and inhaled them. I, I, I don't think I even chewed them, right? But I remember I was standing in the kitchen in my boxers, just gnawing into these apples. And it was obviously pitch black outside and the lights were on in the kitchen because I'd obviously turned them on. And because the lights were on and it was dark outside, the window essentially looked like a mirror. And I remember looking at myself in the window like it was a mirror, eating these apples. And I I've said out loud, do not give in and do not raid everything in this kitchen because you're going to regret it. Right? I, I, I remember saying that to myself. Right? Out loud. Out loud. And I was about to walk upstairs. I opened the door of the kitchen to go back upstairs and then closed it again, turned around and absolutely destroyed the place. <laughs> and I ate, I ate, I think like something like five peanut bars, like two chocolate biscuits, um, a couple of packets of crisps or like or a, a pack of crisps or whatever. Like anything that was there was just gone. Wow. And it was the most satisfying, I'd say, two and a half minutes of my whole life. Two and a half minutes. You did five I peanut butter bars, two, two if even two and biscuits, and a half gone. And a pack of crisps. So what I did... So Top what I did of was, two pink ladies, which were inhaled. Yeah. Wow. So what I did was, 
when I was eating that food, I was tracking it. Well, actually, after I'd eaten eaten it, I'd put it into my fitness pal. <laughs> so I could know exactly what it was I had eaten. So when I went back up to bed, I would know that I have to take insulin to counteract what's going to happen. So what I did was put it into my fitness pal. The, cal- the calories were something like 1500 or something wow. because I'd just eaten so much so quickly. And I was like, oh God, here we go. Here we go. So I went back upstairs and I remember I got into my bed and I was staring at the ceiling and I've never been more disappointed in myself in my whole life <laughs> because not that I had treated a hypo and not in any way like you should feel guilty for treating a hypo because that's the last thing I'm saying. But I personally was so disappointed in myself because I gave in because I actually physically said to myself in the window, don't give in the apples and the glucose drinks are all you need and then i did it and i was ashamed of myself <laughs> because well, uh, i oh i was just i was raging and then what happened was i stayed awake for maybe half an hour after and i ended up taking insulin for the food to try and avoid a massive massive spike fell asleep woke back up in range because the insulin I had taken had brought me back down. So I was like, oh, unreal. I've played this well. <laughs> After all of this, I've played well. I'm going to wake up in the morning in range. So that was about, I'd say, four o'clock in the morning. And then when I woke up at whatever it was, I don't know, seven or so, got up later, obviously, because barely slept. And I woke up and my bloods were like 15. Because I'd eaten so much chocolate. The chocolate was obviously giving me that delayed spike. <sighs> and I woke up as if I'd had 10 pints the night before. Oh, horrible. But good experience all the same. It's funny because I know how much willpower you have and how much, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Because just from going to the gym with you, uh, you're a mentality monster. So if you say you're going to do, <laughs> gonna do it. So the fact that you told yourself, do not do it and you went against yourself, just shows me what having a hypo must actually do to you mentally. It's like, no, I'm not even listening to sense. I know what I'm about to do here is going to screw me up for tonight and tomorrow. Yes, I have to do it. I have to do it. It just, the hypo takes over. That's exactly it. Like, it's just bonkers. You are out of control. It's almost like, there's some one or something controlling your body and your actions. It's well, there is. It's called diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. There you go. But when I say I was disappointed in myself, Graham. Oh, God, I was disappointed. Well, can I say I'm not disappointed in you because you've told two great stories and I haven't yawned once in half an hour. There you go. Good. If there you, you yawned during that story, no. I've... You had me gripped. I actually feel more <laughs> awake now after after doing this episode. So I actually want to thank you all. I one hundred percent do. Very good stories, and I think very very relatable to diabetics listening when it comes to stress and when it comes to having no control over your mind or body when it comes to having a hypo. Owen, love it. Thank you very much for those stories. And I think the moral of the story is be very very cautious about the insulin that you take before bed, because. Potentially, it can be dangerous if you're taking insulin before you fall asleep, if you don't wake up naturally. So 
make sure you're not taking huge doses of insulin close to bed, close to when you're falling asleep. And always make sure if you're taking a correction dose, you actually need that correction dose. Because I was taking one and technically I didn't need it. And that's obviously what led to it. And just goes to show you what Richie Allen actually said in one of his episodes too. It's almost in the blink of an eye, your management can just be flipped on its head like that from an incident like one unit of insulin to bring you low, which has led to that whole story. And I know whoever is listening, whether you are a type one diabetic yourself, you are a boyfriend or girlfriend of one, you are the parent of a diabetic child, you understand that type of story and you understand those hypos. So remember, everybody has them. And as always, hope you enjoyed the story. Hope you got some benefit from it we appreciate you listening to the podcast hope you have a good day hope you have a good week look after those blood sugars we'll chat to you soon take it easy man thank you all